0: Coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network.
1: Well, I rolled into Arizona from my home way back east. I was looking for a rodeo. Maybe ride a humpback east I climbed up Highway 60 Something in me stirred When I saw the sign ahead It said, Welcome to Wickenburg I heard they got some jackpots Big enough to blow your mind All you gotta do is make it through One good eight second ride I found a little motel At Frontier Street and 3rd And the sign at the desk said, "Welcome to Wickenburg." Yeah, welcome to Wickenburg. The next morning, bright and early, I paid my entry fee. The girl who took my money said that she could plainly see. I wasn't from around here, but then she kind of purred. Said, good luck, come back and see me, and welcome to Wickenburg. <laughs> I drew the rankest Critter, that stock-contractor head. The boys behind the fucking and shoot said, man, that draw was bad. He'll jump out to the right, and then he'll spin back around. But when you think you're setting pretty i you on the
2: ground
1: Well, I, off and I was hung up, and I fell into the well He walked the length of me, and he tore me all to well He turned my face into a plow, and as I swallowed dirt The clown who picked me up said, welcome yeah, welcome to Wickenburg. Well, it was fairly obvious. I wouldn't make no pain. I saw that little gal I met, but she just turned away. I tried to make a smile, but I couldn't, because it hurt. When I passed. next rider, I said, welcome to Wickenburg, yeah, welcome to Wickenburg.
0: Well, good Thursday morning from sunny Tennessee, quite a difference in a week. But it is a sunny, beautiful day in Tennessee, and that was Mister Dan McCorrison with his great song "Welcome to Wickenburg." And our co-host in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is Miss Bobby Bell. And I hope it's sunny where you are, Bobby.
3: Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. We have had such a taste of spring the last couple of days. I think it's going to be in the 70s again today, and uh, absolutely gorgeous.
0: Well, it's funny because I was looking at my Facebook memories yesterday and seven years ago, yesterday, we were predicted to have five to seven inches of snow here in Tennessee. <laughs>
4: and
0: it hit and it hit 80 yesterday. So it was, it was mm-hmm. quite a difference. Hey, I want to mm-hmm. wish Dan McCorrison a very happy birthday. Roy, Royal Wade Kimes is having a birthday today and a very, very very special birthday to our good friend Cowboy Joe Babcock who is turning 90 today and mm-hmm. it, it is going to be a celebration I got a phone call this morning all of the Living Cast members from He Haw are going to be at his party this evening so happy wow. birthday to all three of those yeah can you imagine wow
3: how exciting a, I'd like to have fun. the life he has when I'm 90 <laughs> And
0: still going strong. Still going strong. strong. I talked to him the other day and he said he was in the recording studio recording at age 90. So we all could be so fortunate, I guess. Hey, we have a great show today and a very good friend of ours is joining us with Campfire Cafe with some very special information. So who we have for the first hour?
3: Oh, we have returning guest. It's always so much fun to chat with him. R.W. Hampton is on the line. And who do we have for Saddle Up America?
0: Well, on Saddle Up America, we'll be talking with our good friend, Mr. Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horsemen of America. And uh, some very interesting conversation that we'll have with Randy. Talked about America's horse trails. But right now, let's take a listen to a great song from our good friend R.W. Hampton. It's called Don't Tell Me. And when we come back, we'll be visiting with him today on the Campfire Cafe.
5: I want to saddle my horse in the darkness, ride out in the morning dew. I want to breathe some air that's never been breathed I want to drink the wine of freedom Toast the good ones that we knew I want to count a million stars and think of you
2: Want to see one more
5: hometown rodeo It's hats off for the flag We'll cheer that fucking horse in the wild ride I want to shoot a hole in my TV set And let the silence ring on through I want to count a million stars And think of you Don't tell me That the West is dead and gone My poor heart can't stand To hear that subtle song If you're saying that you missed it all i bet that you're wrong Don't tell me and gone. Want to see one more Charlie Russell print in some old barn cafe where the old men over coffee tell their tales. I want to ride out with the wagon, smell the scent of springtime sage. I want the wind at my back on down the trail Wanna see and cowgirl cheeks and long braids neath a hat Wanna hear the summer rain on the roof at a country dance Then we'll ride out our raging storm to the light come shining through And Then I'll count a million stars and think of you Don't tell me that the west is dead and gone. My poor heart can't stand to hear that sad old song. If you're saying that you missed her all, I'm betting that you're wrong. Don't tell me it's dead and gone. Don't tell me it's dead and
6: gone.
3: the award-winning Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. We just heard Don't Tell Me performed by our featured guest, R.W. Hampton. Returning guest, cowboy singer, actor R.W. Hampton has drifted across the American West, working cowboy jobs, punching cattle, riding young colts, shoeing horses, and even leading trail rides. His life is guided by his faith, his love for his family, and his desire to share cowboy life with his audiences. One of the leading Western entertainers in America today, his fans come from all walks of life. He's loved by cowboys, cowgirls, ranch hands, and rodeo stars, but also people like me who have never seen a cow up close. (laughs) His voice and songs resonate with audiences worldwide. He has been celebrated by the Academy of Western Artists, the Western Music Association, and the Western Heritage Association. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe a multi-talented singer, songwriter, and performer who appears in the movie, East River premiering tonight in 689 theaters across 49 states. Our good friend R.W. Hampton, welcome.
5: How in the world are you, folks?
0: Hey, R.W. So I, I just I just I just discovered a project for you. So Bobby Jean okay, said she had never me, been man. close to a she had never been close to a cow. <laughs> I think okay. you need That's, to fix that. I think you need to fix we that.
5: Could, yeah, if she's just down in old in Albuquerque, she can she can head up I twenty five a little bit, and we can fix her up. You betcha. That,
3: we would love that, <laughs> R.W.
5: <laughs> well, we'll just plan uh, on it. We'll just plan well, on it. There you go. Yeah. Hey, R.W., why you got her up here?
0: Get her get her on Jack or another one of your horses, okay? Because I don't think she's <laughs> yeah. ever been on, on maybe one time. Maybe, Bobby, one time.
3: Yeah, yeah, just a couple times. <laughs> They're big. Well, All
5: right. yeah, li- little Jack will take care of it. We can fix you up. Uh, the, as we like to say, the coffee's on, the dog's tied up. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey! Exciting!
0: Exciting! Exciting! Peace River premiering everywhere around the around the country tonight, and and I happen to check we have three theaters here in Nashville that are showing that movie tonight, beginning at seven o'clock.
5: Good, Peace good River deal, yeah,
0: yeah. I think that was great. But give us a synopsis of, of what the movie is about, R.W.
5: Well, it you know it is a story for today. Um it's about a young man that's raised by his granddad on a northeastern New Mexico ranch. Um he's raised by his granddad because his own father was uh was ki- was a was killed in Vietnam and uh so uh anyhow he's raised on this ranch and uh the the events i'll just say the events of 9/11 changed the course of his life uh he joins the service uh, uh gets into an elite special forces outfit and while he is uh while he's over in Afghanistan um it's just one of those things. It's one of those stories that you hear about, you know, he is terribly wounded and, and, uh, because of a suicide bomber, I don't want to give the story up too, too much, but he, he loses his whole outfit and he comes home. He is physically, emotionally, spiritually scarred and he comes home and, uh, through, through his faith, in in uh, Jesus Christ uh, is uh, the support of his community and family, and the support of the love of his wife, a girl he left behind. He finds his way back home, and so it's it's a story. Um, you know, when I first got the script, uh, I you know I've got a son that's been in the Marine Corps uh, yeah. for over over 15 years, and and we lose. Um, I getting on my soapbox now, but we lose uh, about 22 veterans to suicide every day, and yep. uh, not not to get political, but when we pulled out of Afghanistan, uh, this uh, that number went up to almost 50. So it oh, is wow. a story. It's a story for our for for our time, and I I was uh, very pleased to be a part of it. Uh, and uh, looking at, looking forward to to tonight, and uh, I think uh, after tonight, it, you know, it may. It, I was talking to the uh, writer and executive producer uh, Ben Jones yesterday. It may it it may have another run in theaters, but it will be streaming. Oh wow. On one of the wow. platforms, so it, wow. it'll be easy to find.
0: Wow! Well, again, it's it's playing in over six hundred theaters. This evening around the country, and uh, it's a one-day-only event. So if you want to see it on a big screen, you know you can go see it tonight. So be sure and and check that out. And and by the way, it's PeaceRiverMovie dot com. PeaceRiverMovie dot com, and you can go there and you can find your theater and, uh, and and get tickets. So this young man, if I'm not mistaken. Uh is a rodeo man. You were a high school rodeo, a rodeo coach man. in a movie. Yeah, well there yes, is sir. a song that you did called Rodeo Man. All so right let's take here. a listen to that set. Miss- Go ahead.
5: Yeah, this song was written by my son, Coulter Hampton, who who's uh he and his family live on the Four Sixes ranch. Uh they their headquarters is down in Guthrie, Texas, but uh he lives on the uh on uh, the Dixon Creek division north of Amarillo, but when he was uh, going, he went to college on a rodeo scholarship and uh, was playing the guitar and singing, too, and he brought me this song he had written called Rodeo Man, so that's where it came from.
0: Well, let's take a listen to Rodeo Man, and we're going to come back and talk more with R.W. about the movie Peace River in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. (laughs)
5: I'm driving tonight by this rodeo moon Amarillo by morning, maybe someday soon A lonesome rodeo cowboy coming round again Got this rodeo fever and I can still make shy
2: And I'll try
5: On This endless trail, my friend From Austin to Boston I've been there and back again If this old route truck Can make Fort Worth town I'll unload my ponies And I'll lay my
2: I'll drive all night long I'll ride in the next rodeo I'll cry for the love
5: I left at home
2: you cry for me I
6: am one
0: singing with you on that.
5: That is my son, Coulter, that uh, we flew out to Los Angeles, and uh, the, the Gary Bright, Joe de Blasio uh, that produced that, um, we decided it would be fun to get Coulter to uh, sing on there with me since he had written it. One, one thing about that song, the very first verse of that song is made up of titles from... Rodeo songs from uh, oh, being wow. the Cheyenne to Someday Soon to Amarillo by Morning, but uh, <laughs> you know, we we were in we were in our living room sitting around singing that and smiling, and he he said, do you, do you do you uh do you recognize something? I said, you I rec- think yeah, he some of our face. yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it is a great um, song.
3: Can I just ask a quick question? R.W. Yeah, the six 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 ranch in Guthrie that you mentioned before—it seems to me—is that um, they're very involved in the Yellowstone series, aren't they? Horses Yes, from ma'am. There. They are.
5: Um, uh, yeah, the, the four six. Yeah, you said six six mm-hmm. six, man. We're gonna. We're oh gonna... no,
3: I meant to say four. Oh no, I meant to say four sixes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Mark
4: of the Beast
6: Ranch? No, 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 no. There
4: you no. Go. <laughs> there you
6: yeah, go. we better
5: we better cut that off. No, it's the yeah, four sixes. But uh,
4: exactly. yeah, yeah. That,
5: that ranch has been in an ex- in existence since the 1870s. And the legend was that Burke Burnett, famous Texan, uh, won that ranch in a card game with four sixes. Oh. But whether that's true or not, that is the brand. But it has been <laughs> in the same family, and uh, from what I understand, and I, b- I believe this is uh, uh, this is very accurate, that Taylor Sheridan, the writer mm-hmm. and producer of the whole epic <laughs> Yellowstone, uh, Yellowstone
0: 1883.
5: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The whole franchise. He he is the spokesperson, but I think that there is a handful of other very powerful businessmen, including Kevin Costner, that have mm-hmm. bought that historic ranch. And uh, so that that's the that's the the, the long answer to the. Uh, but yes, ma'am, that is correct. Yeah.
0: And yeah. and
3: Gary, they provide the horses for Road to the Horse too. Yes
0: they do yes they they do do. you know you're
5: you know you're
0: stuck i'm telling you (laughs) she is learning (laughs) rw she is learning she just stays with the show she's gonna yeah so we'll be going up we'll be going up the road to the horse uh a little bit later
5: oh man i tell you you what that that is that is one event that that um i've got on my bucket list to go and sit and just watch
0: well, just come on, just come on. It's pretty cool. So anyway, you know, we'll be talking with um, with one of the competitors in just about two weeks, and uh, he'll be on the show to visit with us and talk about the uh, road to the horse up there. But I wanted to ask you, RW, Uh
5: Yes, sir. So,
0: so when did they bring you the script? And mm-hmm. who could have been more perfect to have been a rodeo coach slash faster than rw hampton but when did you get this script and take a look at that
2: well
5: golly i'll tell you what um my i first heard of the story uh uh through uh through the executive producer ben jones uh out of the baton rouge louisiana and okay. he has some really strong ties to northeastern New Mexico, so that was his the, the reason for the setting there. But he had talked to me about it, and uh, a dear friend of mine that we just lost the other day, uh, Brad Johnson, who had been involved with it, and, and he said, "R.W., this is a, this is a, just a story that has to be told." But uh, we actually shot this <laughs> right in the right in the heat of covid in the state of new mexico and i i oh, wow. honestly believe i honestly believe the good lord blessed us because uh mm-hmm. you know we 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 were checked every day uh for 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 any symptoms and tested but to the whole cast and crew we 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 made her through from the from the beginning to the end of, of that shooting uh with, without any without anybody getting, uh, sick, so, but, um, yeah, no, I was just really, really, uh, tickled to, uh, to be included, uh, and then, of course, as, uh, as, as the production, uh, advanced in its planning, you know, they, we, we had some things, uh, regarding our home and our barn and our ranch and so forth that, uh, that uh that we were able to uh uh provide them with so yeah oh, that's it, great. It, it's uh yeah you know the uh D- 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 doug vale the cinematographer uh, you know i i've seen one cut of the film on uh you know on a big screen tv but uh boy i tell you what the things that they can do Nowadays, uh, in, in cinematography, is unbelievable. So, I'm looking. I'm looking for. I know what the story is, but but I'm I'm looking forward also to seeing the scenery this evening on the big screen.
0: <laughs> well, listen, we're talking about a young man that got started in rodeo, and then 9/11 came along. He enlisted, and uh, and the military became part of his life. We want to listen to another song right now by R.W. My country's not for sale. Tell us about this part of you.
5: Well, thank you. Um, you know, that is a song that um actually my wife Lisa gets a credit for that. We we had uh we had some things going on in our country that we could not believe and lisa she's she's all you know uh she's a little bit like your wife gary uh she has an opinion <laughs> on almost everything and uh she lisa walked in and slammed the door and i said what's wrong and she said this country is not for sale and it had some it it had to do with some things they were wanting to do on the site of that where the twin towers were yeah. and uh but anyhow um that's what started me to writing that song and uh, i i had this image i had this image of my in my mind we had been to arlington and we'd been when we'd been to gettysburg and so many of uh of those uh, sacred sites and then uh on one of my one of my sons uh deployments to afghanistan um, down at the end of our driveway, well, at it, it, it the where the cattle guard is at the highway, we've got an American flag and a Marine Corps flag, and and uh, on that one deployment, we lowered our flags fifteen times, and so oh wow, uh, freedom it, freedom is not free, and uh, never has been, never will be, and uh, so that is the story behind this song, and it's it's a very passionate song. And I wrote it for a very particular time in history, but it seems, if I can say this, and I'll say this as as diplomatically as I can, it seems to be uh, as apropos now as it was when I wrote it several years ago. Well,
0: I Mm -hmm. think so. It is a great song. It's my country. It's not for sale. We're talking with R.W. Hampton today in the Campfire Cafe. (laughs)
5: There's a trail of blood Back through the sacred halls of history Follow it back To where our fathers fought and died Across the way See the crosses on the hillside on the wind, hear their voices as they cry We've got to get back To the faith of our fathers and find our way back To the Liberty Bell and never forget That old flag and all she stands for Time to rise up and say this country is not for sale. She's not for sale. From Valley Forge they're calling, not for sale. From Gettysburg they cry, from Bella Wood to the battle for Fallujah. She's not for sale. No, not at any price There was a time When we all stood together There was a time When by fire we were tried But we have lost our way It's a way that costs so dearly It's not too late to saddle up that ride We've got to get back To the faith of our fathers And find a way back To the Liberty Bell And never forget That old flag and all she stands for It's time to tell Washington My country's not for sale From the Alamo To the sands of Iwo Jima From Normandy To the Choson Reservoir Back to Bataan To the mighty Mekong Delta From the Helmand Province To the Solomon's Bloody Shores They cried, we gotta get back To the faith
6: of our Father.
3: is not for sale, R.W. Hampton, our special guest today. You know, R.W., you and I have something in common that you probably would never expect. Tell me. <laughs> the Boy Scouts <laughs> of America.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. My
3: dad was a professional um, with Boy Scouts for his en- entire career, and um, Philmont in our family was like hallowed ground. And, um, yes, ma'am. you have, yes, ma'am. you have long connection to Philmont. You want to just tell us a little bit about your, um, your connection to scouting and, and to the Philmont ranch.
5: Sure. Absolutely. Well, I was raised a Texas town kid, north of the Dallas Fort Worth area and, uh, ra- raised with, you know, with, uh, kind of on the, on the edge of the big city, but, but had a horse and, uh so kind of kind of half country and half urban and uh but uh part of a big part of my growing up was uh, was a, being a member of troop 1001 Circle 10 council in Richardson Texas and uh I was an Eagle Scout and uh part of
6: uh, uh
5: part of our scouting experience was going to Philmont and that's uh uh, Waite Phillips gave 137,000 acres to the Boy Scouts of America between 1938 and 1940 because he he thought young men were were needing they were they were needing a little more air and room to learn how to grow and be men in the great outdoors. And so, I went as a camper in 1972. And then I went back at the first of the season with my with Troop One Thousand One in in nineteen seventy four. And uh part of Wade Phillips' agreement with the Boy Scouts is is it would remain a working ranch. He wanted that, that was one of the only stipulations he put on that gift. And uh so uh one of the things that they did was hire they they hired scouts, preferably Eagle Scouts, to work on the ranch, wrangle horses, and to look after their herd of Hereford cattle that they pushed up to the high country. And so, the summer of '74, when I went up there, um, it's a longer story than I can tell. But I found out that they that they needed help, and I was kind of what they were looking for. So. They made a phone call to my folks and kept me that summer and I worked the next two summers uh up there and that was you know uh i was I was around horses growing up, but that was but Philmont was my first taste of cowboy life and so at that point in time um and then I went to work for those big ranches uh West Texas and New Mexico and all over. At that point in time that's really um all I, <laughs> that's that's all I wanted to do in life was to punch cows, you know, is to live on the back of a horse and look after somebody else's cattle.
3: Well, and they honored you recently um for, with the Philmont Scout Ranch's distinguished staff alumni honor. So congratulations on that. <laughs>
5: Yes, you know I was really yeah I I I was really ac- um, yeah I I I don't know what you know honor honor doesn't even seem to scratch the surface on how I felt about that but uh, there there there's been astronauts and heads of state and senators and congressmen and then they honored this old cowboy you're talking to and so yeah, I was very very pleased yes ma'am.
3: So your your ranch is is, is near – is your ranch near Philmont? Do you have views of Philmont from your home?
5: Absolutely, yeah. In fact, we're – you know, where we go to church and the grocery stores and the little town of Cimarron, New Mexico, and uh, so we drive right through the headquarters of Philmont to get,
4: mm-hmm.
5: get into mm-hmm. the little town of 800 people of Cimarron, but yeah – when you stand on the porch or, or look out uh look out Mrs. Hampton's kitchen window, you can see that whole Sangre de Cristo range <laughs> out there.
3: uh oh, fabulous, fabulous.
5: Yes, ma'am. Um,
3: Gary, do you, do you want to um have him tell us about the next song, or maybe Gary, did you have more questions about the film, or?
0: No, I was just going to say um, that you know this film Peace Peace River is uh, is playing tonight, one night only around the country in over 600 theaters. And and, uh, it's about a young man who was a rodeo cowboy that was coached by Coach Hampton and uh, probably preached to him a little bit during that period of time. I don't know, RW. But then he went on and and served and went through some very traumatic experiences, lost uh, his fellow soldiers and hell in a helmet is a strong, strong song that kind of describes what he went through. Can you tell us a little bit about this song?
5: Yes, sir, I sure can. Uh, When when my son, um, Gunnery Sergeant Cooper Hampton, they were coming home from uh, one of their deployments, and uh, uh, Lisa had kept – she had kept – really close contact with a lot of the other mothers and wives and uh lisa thank god is a will be a blue star mom and god bless our gold star mothers who've lost lost a loved one but um but nearing the end of this deployment and i mean they were they were in in firefights and tough plates tough spots every day and uh one of the ladies made a suggestion to Lisa to why don't you get r w to write a song about coming home um and coming home coming home for our warriors is really difficult um, um you know you 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 can be you you can be right there um with your outfit, and uh, get on a chopper to a plane to go to Kuwait, to Germany, to uh, Cherry Point, North Carolina, and how strange it is to go from a dangerous place to right there at home, you know. Right. And so, I was kind of tasked with writing a song about coming home, and it's a little bit interesting because, see, I've never, I've never personally experienced that, but I've been. I've been with my son. I've seen his comrades and uh, and and how that and how that plays out. And so his outfit, Second Battalion Ninth Marines, uh, is called Hell in a Helmet. And it's just kind of the the true story about about what it's like to come home. It, it is really a difficult um, situation, and I. I want to give a quick shout-out, if I could, to my dear friend, Dave Corlew, and uh, he managed Charlie Daniels for years, and they have the Journey Home uh, Project, and they help, they help people, they help these men and women come home and readjust. And so that's what this song's about.
0: Well Let's take a listen to Hell in the Helmet, and we're going to come back and talk more with RW about uh, Peace River and uh, life on the ranch in just a moment on the campfire cafe.
5: That transport chopper's loading up to take us to the plane. Me and my boys are good as gone. After seven months of living here and dying side by side, what's left of us is finally going home. Mom and dad are waiting, big sis and brothers too, and I know what they'll expect to find. I don't want to disappoint them, but we just did our job. Heroes are the boys we left behind We're hell in a helmet And they call us justly so We're fighting sons of freedom all the way We put our faith in heaven And the ones that watch our backs Devil dogs till our dying day Marine. Till our dying day I've tried hard to tell them It's not me that's coming home At least not the me they used to know And there's no way of explaining How I hate this dirty place Yet how I'm gonna miss it when I go There's a pretty woman I will meet with a baby in her arms Born while my buddy was at war Now how am I gonna tell her why I didn't bring him back I've never known anything so hard so, we're fighting sons of freedom all the way. We put our faith in heaven and the ones that watch our backs. Devil dogs till our dying day, Marines till our dying day. There's a girl that come to see me. If I'd only call her up Got a letter said Oh, how I'm missing you But Could she ever love a fighting man With only half a heart Half a heart that's broken right in two So I'll take comfort in good whiskey Read my Bible and I'll pray but my heart and soul a half a world away To those dusty streets And old fields Where my brothers Bled and died And where the better Part of me must stay We're hell in a helmet And they call us justly so We're fighting sons Of freedom all the way we put our The ones that watch our backs Devil dogs till our dying day Marines until our dying day That night, Hawk Chopper's leaving now To take us to the plane Me and my boys have loaded on after seven months of living here and dying side by side, what's left of us is finally going home.
0: R.W. Hampton, it's Hell in a Helmet, and um, I was just wondering as I was listening to this song, where are you going to go see the movie tonight? There's a
5: theater here in Amarillo, Texas that's uh, going to screen it, and so we're going to go and sneak in there and see it, and uh, (laughs) yes, sir.
0: So they have no red carpet event there happening or
5: no, not well no, not in Amarillo. Not in Amarillo. You know, you you and I and Lisa and Mary Kay we're gonna be at the uh National Cowboy Hall of Fame here in April. Now that'll be our red carpet moment there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> But 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 Amarillo features dust storms. So we don't do much red carpet, but we do <laughs> dust storms. So there you go. Well, I to, with
0: with all the windmills you got. I never saw as many windmills as I did when I was coming into Amarillo. No, oh,
5: so my goodness, they're popping up, a up everywhere.
0: Bit. I'm telling you. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have other projects that are coming up you got another movie that you're getting started can you tell us anything about it at yeah we
5: got a is it, what's that gary i'm sorry
0: no i was gonna say can you tell us anything about this movie that's coming up that you're
5: working on yeah yeah it's a, a history channel a and e production uh called the contested plains and it's a true story of a family from georgia after the civil war that uh you know they, they come on i mean it's it's you can imagine the South in Georgia; there, everything is turned upside down, and they yeah. load everything up and head west, and uh, they they get waylaid um, uh, They're in the north extreme northwest corner of uh, Kansas, headed into Colorado, by uh, the Cheyenne uh, dog soldiers, and uh, and it's just the you know. Mo- ab- a good portion of them were killed, but there were some little girls, and I play the role of uh, Colonel Nelson Miles, and it's just the story oh. of, of getting them back, and and uh, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, we've got Equifest coming up in uh, in uh, Salina, Kansas, in the middle of uh, April, and uh, okay, and 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 God's We've got this album that's going to hit out sometime here pretty soon. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I don't know how Mary Kay feels, but boy, I'm just tickled to be working. I'll tell you.
0: (laughs) Well, I think she kind of enjoys it. So I just picked her up last night. Uh, She did her Girl Meets West thing back out in Utah. Right. Uh, And she she was gone for a week, but I have never seen anybody that was so happy to be back home as she was. I, I, credit, bet that's I, credit, right. I credit me with all of that i
5: credit me with that. well i would i would think so and uh you know and that's the same way with lisa and i and our, our clearview ranch we we split our time between amarillo our uh, we've got a our son ethan started high school here and at a yeah at a, a, a college preparatory school here and uh so, you know, it's the one thing about uh, people that do what we do. We're, I mean, I'm the first person to be ready to get out there and go, uh, whether it's playing music or doing a movie or whatever, and I'm the first person ready to get back to the old home place, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I understand, I understand that. I understand that. Well, I will tell you this, um, R.W., I tried on my tuxedo the other day, and it still works. Yes, was- sir. So I will Good be for ready you, for the Wrangler Awards. Yeah, I will be ready for the Wrangler Awards. But, uh, I, I wasn't well, sure I was, if that uh, thing would fit or not.
5: Well, I was uh, very thrilled to be honored last year with one of their awards. Mm-hmm. And uh,
4: mm-hmm. I, uh,
5: my boys, I, Lisa, God bless her, I don't know how she did it. She got all six of our kids and their spouses to come. And oh wow buddy Don. Yeah, oh oh wow is right. And uh I uh some of my buddies were uh, my buddy Don Kate said he said, R.W., I never worn one of these monkey suits before. How do you do it?" And I said, "Well, <laughs> you go rent it. You go rent it and then buy yourself <laughs> a brand new pair of Wrangler jeans and then throw the pants away, you know." And <laughs> so
3: uh, <laughs> uh, but,
5: but you know i think last year was their 60th anniversary and it was mm-hmm. billed w- w- when it first started um with uh john wayne and jimmy stewart and the, well you can just imagine those days it was billed as the uh academy awards of the west and so
0: well it really uh, i think
5: it's fun I, th- I think it's fun to wear my my nicest sunday hat and Polish my boots, and I will wear a tuxedo. I don't care. I I like getting dressed up, <laughs> especially especially when we got women like we do that dress up pretty nice. You know, uh, that
0: that kind of puts it on us to show off, doesn't it? Yeah, up.
5: I don't know that that particular night. I don't know who. Well, I no, I'm not gonna say, but I I know who spends longer in the bathroom, and it ain't my wife. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: oh gosh i will say nothing i will say nothing
5: <laughs> there you go you're a smart man you're a very yeah, smart yeah. man
0: right. i want to get to know the song this is you, you did a song with uh, with one of your sons a little bit earlier in the show this is one called going home calvin is on this song with you how did this song come yes
5: he You know, um, my son Calvin found it, and uh, Calvin's 21 now, and I think we recorded that four years ago possibly. And uh, he said, Dad, he said, Dad, you got to hear this song. And uh, Mary Fall sang it on a show called uh, Gods and Generals. And once again... Once again it is the theme of our warriors coming home and trying to figure out you know um where home is and what it looks like and uh and so you know um I'm a little older and so we were th- we were actually thinking about the Civil War and how some of those boys were 16 17 years old and so mm-hmm. Danner's Calvin Calvin Danner's voice really really kind of portrays that sense of youth and um you know one one of the things and I and I'll just say this briefly that I found out when my son came back from Iraq that um sometimes honestly it's better over there because they know what their job is and they know how to behave and what to do you know and uh we we we're, we're we're worried at night whether we're going to have chinese or mexican food you know or go and get uh-huh. hamburgers and they tr- and they're trying to stay alive you know yeah and uh but anyhow calvin found this song and uh just blew me away and so uh, i think lisa was the one that came up with the idea that we would do it together, and that's how that, well, how, how that
0: came is, about. It is a great song, and he did a great job performing this with you, but let's listen to Going Home. It's R.W. and Calvin Danner
5: well, can't can't. I'd like to dedicate this song to all of our veterans from every era and all branches of the service. One thing I've noticed that warriors have in common is that when the fighting is done, they still have to find their way back home. They say there's a place Where the dreams have all gone They never said where But I think I know It's miles through the night Just over the dawn On the road that will
2: take me home I know that I've been here before The ground feels the same Though the land's been torn I've a long way to go The stars tell me so On the road that will take me home My
5: Don't try to stop me, don't stand in my way. I'm bound for the hills where the cool waters flow on this road. And all that we've won when this road finally takes me home And we'll know what we've lost and
3: R.W. Hampton and Calvin Danner going home, and we've been enjoying our time with our special guest, R.W. Hey, tell our listeners, R.W., where they can find your schedule, your music, trailers for this wonderful movie, Peace River. Where do they go?
5: I would go to Facebook, uh, Instagram and Facebook, it seemed like. Seem like that is the place to go right now, and uh, uh, I I don't think you can go wrong with by, by going there.
3: <laughs> so you have your personal Facebook page is R W Hampton, and then um, you do have your website, which is for our listeners yes, yes. R W Hampton dot com. I always love to go there and, and see what's happening, and um, that's also where TV Well, CDs, see, now you know more albums. about
5: it than I do. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: just my job. It's my job. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Are we going to see you anywhere uh, near Albuquerque in the near future at all?
5: Well, you know, I, I hope to get back to the uh, – International Western Music Association uh, convention again. Um, it's interesting because my my trails take me a lot of different directions, but not a whole lot in New Mexico, and I, I'm not sure why. It, it maybe maybe it's because I I got to pay my pay my feed bill there at the local feed store. <laughs> I'm a, wanted, I'm a wanted man, maybe I don't know. <laughs> could be. It
0: could be. Well, you have been so much fun to have on the show today. And uh, we've talked a little bit about my, my wife. And the two of you recorded a great song that we're going to wrap up this segment of the show with. Oh, man. Was I,
5: called... I was hoping you would do that. Yes.
0: You, you yes, know what yes. it is. No Wilder Place. I do. And, uh, by the way, she, she'd love to, for the two of you to get together and record something else again. So,
5: you it know what I've got song. a feeling that that will happen, yes, sir, absolutely,
0: well, it ought to r w have been great Tell Lisa hello, and we look forward to seeing I'll you guys it. in just about a month in Oklahoma City. It's going to be a lot of fun,
5: yes and uh, uh my dear when you when you when you choose to come up i-25 we'll put you on a good horse and we'll we'll i
3: <laughs> would love love to visit with you and lisa there that would be so much fun we'll
5: we'll treat you so many ways you're bound to like one of them
0: <laughs> and show and show her a cow up close and
5: first yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely all
0: right this is R.W. Hampton with Mary Kay Holt It's one called No Wilder Place R.W. Hampton Thank you for being with us today
5: Thank you guys so much I've enjoyed every minute In this land of enchantments, my enchantment is
7: And
0: Now for Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. In just a moment, we'll be back with our good friend, Mr. Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horsemen of America. <laughs>
2: There's no way you can disguise. You're staring out there at the hills and wondering what's beyond the rise. One thing is perfectly clear. Nothing I can say will keep you here. You won't be satisfied until you saddle up and... Right. I guess I knew it from the start you always had a restless heart sometimes the wind can blow you in sometimes it just blows you apart one thing Satisfied until you Saddle up and ride Saddle up and ride Until you saddle up and ride
0: Richard O'Loyan, and Steve Wade. You're back on Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. I'm your host, Gary Holt, and in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the horse-riding, cow-catching girl, Mister. Ms. Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby.
3: <laughs> good morning. Or good afternoon. Good
0: afternoon. <laughs> yeah, afternoon good afternoon. You're now. right. Good afternoon.
3: Good <laughs> afternoon. Yeah.
0: Well, we're tickled to have with us today our good friend, Mr. Randy Rasmussen, with Backcountry Horsemen of America. Hey, Randy. Good
8: morning from the coast, Gary and Bobby.
3: Good morning. Well,
0: it may still be morning out there. Is it
5: morning still? It is. It is.
0: (laughs) Uh, So wherever you are in the world, it could be a different time zone from where we are here in Nashville and Albuquerque, but... uh, Anyway, glad to have you with us, and one of the things that we want to talk about today is advocacy with backcountry horsemen, and how does that apply, Randy?
8: Oh, advocacy is our middle name for backcountry horsemen of America. I mean, you know, advocacy is not a bad word whatsoever because we're all advocates, whether we know it or not, but I mean... We, we advocate for the things we love and we hold dear. For example, you know, we advocate for our kids and our families. We advocate, you know, for freedoms and liberty. You know, why not advocate for a lifestyle, a historic lifestyle that includes people bonding with their horses in exploring the great American backcountry? I mean, that is important and that is worth promoting and advocating and never saying you know, we give up, we'll just let it go. Amen. You know, we can do without. So that's why we advocate. It, it's it's what makes Backcountry Horsemen of America, you know, operate and, and you know, fuels our passion. So, I mean, there's, there's no question we advocate. That's one of my main roles for the organization is to do that in a, you know, visible fashion uh, with, you know, elected officials and with members of Congress or whatnot uh, or agency heads. But we're all advocates at every level in the, in the hierarchy of BCHA. Some of us just, you know, don't know it, <laughs> and then talk about it in terms of advocacy. Oh,
0: uh, gosh. So, what are some of the issues right now that you are advocating for?
8: Well, we're advocating for, the, of course, the protection and retention of our riding trails. We don't want to give an inch and lose trails to neglect or some other use or something where we enjoy trail riding. So, you know, the threats these days are things um, as, you know, right now, I guess, on trail, the biggest threat to us in our view is electric motorized bicycles and those fast-moving bicycles that can scare our animals and you get people hurt. So we're trying to advocate – Uh, sanity to to where e-bikes are allowed and when they're not allowed. Um, Even getting to the trail and the campsites that the federal agencies have oftentimes, um, you know, are occupied by other people without stock. And we're advocating more and more to say, no, we need to be at priority because horse camps are few and far between. Not just anybody should be able to use them. We want to use them. We need to advocate for ways to make that work and to, you know, make a priority for people with stock to to occupy horse camps. But, you know, that's still a slow uphill battle because it's not illegal for anybody, any family just to take up a a campsite that's got all the, you know, the pens and the corral stuff and all the, you know, high lines laid out and they're just sitting there saying, well, it looks like a great place for us to hang out. What's the problem? Well, the problem is if if those are occupied by a bunch of parties without stock, we can't use them. We have to go elsewhere. And oftentimes there are yeah. no other legal camp, camping options, and we go go home or, or you know camp illegally.
0: Is that more the right it, now in terms of? Yeah, is that more of a problem well, in the west than it is in the east? I guess.
8: Yeah, no, I say no. It's equally shared with our partners in the east and all of our okay. backcountry horseman chapters in the east, and there's lots of them. So no, it, this is a national phenomenon. Um, that's happening throughout the country. COVID has contributed to more people going outdoors, more families seeking camping. That's great. That's good. But yeah. the problem is, it's come at the expense of the horsemen and people that are overflow camping and then occupying horse camps, and we can't get in. So no, it's happening wow. in the Pisgah, Nantahala National Forest. It's happening in Florida. It's happening in the Jefferson, Washington, and Virginia. It's it's happening everywhere.
0: Wow. So. How do you how do you go about advocating for that? Is it something that you have to do with your congresspersons, or who do you who do you talk to?
8: Well, members of Congress are kind of a last resort when you need a specific, you know, uh, act of Congress or a law that will make things happen for you. That's not easy, and those take many years to to, to occur. But typically, right. our best advocacy tool and what is with our partners. And, you know, not just being the the crying, lone crying wolf out here, you know, um, you know, we need help, but, you know, it's what we do. Well, let me just even mention that. In terms of advocacy, you know, we talk with our, our actions. And so instead of backcountry horsemen and women telling people, oh, somebody should maintain the trail, somebody should maintain the horse camps and build more, we don't do that. We say, we'll do it for you. So U.S. Forest Service and National Park Service, if if you know, if you're willing, let's find a way to make this happen and we will do the sweat equity, we'll make things happen. That's another role of advocacy. But uh to to answer your question, which was what? <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, so how I was, do we do, I was oh, saying, Who partners, are you having? I'm
8: sorry, so so I beat you. Yeah. I beat you to the punch this time, Gary. Um, you did well. So we will approach like-minded people, or even people that aren't. But, but really, in this case, partners are are those same federal agencies. You know, first and foremost, along with different trail organizations, including the hikers, including the mountain bikers, and others that are partners with us. We'll approach partners and say, "This needs some solutions. How can we do this together?" And for the, the horse camping issue, we did that with the US Forest Service and we had a great response. Of course, the first response was, oh, we didn't realize it was a problem nationally. And we gave them data and uh-huh. information and shared with her, what our chapters have been seeing and said, Yeah, we've documented this is a problem, you know, nationally. And then the Forest Service said, Well then we should do something with you, because we don't want that to happen. We don't want, you know, equestrians to have to go back home or not be able to camp over the weekend. So We try to find solutions that, and in this case, we're doing a stepwise type of thing. We got the Forest Service to issue a memo to all the national forests and grasslands in the nation. Uh, There's 155 of them, I think, and, you know, there's a memo saying there's a problem with horse campers not being able to use their spots because they're either reserved by parties without stock or the first-come, 1st serve campsites are filled up with people that don't have stock. Here's some guidelines we want the forest to consider, best practices, they call it, and finding ways to, you know, create a greater priority for horsemen. And that's been distributed nationally. Now it's our job as backcountry horsemen and women is to go to those offices of those forests where it's happening and saying, okay, did you get that memo from Washington, D.C.? Let's find out how we can make that work on this national forest, and let's see what we can do to make conditions better for, for horse camping. So that's the first step. But it's not without the support and acknowledgement of the Forest Service that we could get this far already. But it's still – we're still a long ways off from a permanent solution, for example.
0: Okay. All right. So how do you, how do you achieve a permanent solution?
8: Well, I guess – and I don't know how you would message this to the public, but, for example, it's illegal you know, for people with stock to occupy a regular campsite. There's a a, a code of federal regulations, for example, with the Forest Service that says, you know, you can't occupy uh, a a developed campsite unless it says it's open for stock. So it's illegal. We can get a ticket if we just go to a regular campsite and set up our our, our trailer and animals. All right. So it works one way but not the other. Right. So is it equitable to get a law passed? That makes it illegal for parties without stock to occupy a horse camp? Um, that's a touchy one. Not only would it be pushback from the general public, but what about parties you're going to meet your friends that have the horses and have all the animals with their trailer, and you're going to meet them at the campground and you want to camp next to them? Does that mean you're illegal because you don't have your own stock? No, it shouldn't be. Hmm. Um, how do you finesse that? Because it's, it's a subtle argument where you give priority to the people with horses, but you don't exclude people. Or let's say the horseback people don't even use that campground very lightly. Who's to say that others can't camp there if it's not going to be occupied that evening? Do you set up a time system where by 6 o'clock if this campsite isn't occupied by the equestrian users that anybody can use it? Maybe there's a way to do that. But along the way, you're going to have challenges, and we're going to have challenges if we try to create a law because of all those nuances plus a lot of our campsites at the federal level are did we lose you i'm sorry gary i lost you i'm sorry i'm you back. back you're back
0: right. okay. yeah i'm back we hey, got gotcha.
8: you well so i was going to say that a lot of these federal campgrounds at you know in the forests and national parks um, are run by concessioners they're you know the, the agency the, the government has leased them out so to speak and concessioners who's
5: you know are, are
8: profit oriented are running it and, and in many cases they're doing a better job than the government could by making the, the you know the campsites cleaner and more attractive you know attractive to us right but at the same time right. they want to make money and they might not be happy with a law that says gee you've got to question campsites that lots of people are using and paying for that don't have stock, but we're going to cut them off and reserve them for stock people only. That's not going to go over well, you know, if we don't do it right. So we're not there yet in terms of a solution, but we know it's not just going to be a voluntary thing that we have to do on a place-by-place, case-by-case basis. There's got to be some broader way to approach this to give priority to stock users without the threat of, you know, being having a legal citation or something by a ranger if you're in the wrong campsite.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, interesting problem that, that I hadn't thought about. So, I guess one way to deal with uh, uh, the horse campgrounds, people camping would be a non-horse people camping would be just to get encourage more people to get out with the horses and camp. I don't know.
8: Well, that's a good point, Gary. I mean. There are some places where we're no longer or that are used to be called horse camps that are now general public because the agency says not enough horse people are coming. Well, that tells yeah. us something that we're not we're not availing ourselves to all those horse camps. And the last thing we want to see is those kind of closures. But we're also seeing some of our chapters because of that problem of other parties occupying them blocking out, you know, several weeks in the summer if their advanced reservations are available, that is. And saying, we may not be there the whole time, but other members of our chapter might be. We'll find a way that we can block out, you know, some of these campsites because we don't want the agency to say nobody's using them. Nobody's paying for that Mm -hmm. privilege or or, uh, if they're fee Mm -hmm. sites. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. You put your finger on an issue that we've got to step up and make sure, you know, that we're not asking for something where it's like, well, no one really uses it anyway. We've got to fill those slots. And we've got to make it profitable for the concessioners who manage that subset of campgrounds for, for, you know, equestrians. Uh, so they don't get upset at us for not, you know, coming through and, and occupying those spots for ourselves. So yeah, there's, there's more work to be done there too.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy, are, does backcountry horsemen take a look at what's happening across the country with maybe fewer people, uh, Uh, using horses today than they did 10 or 15 or 20 years ago?
1: Well, I think
8: that trend in general, Gary, of of just less of us on the trails, in some cases is true, but in other cases is not. Um, I've looked at projections from the scientists that study recreational trends and uh-huh. if anything, just because of of increases in overpop, er, you know, of population and how our, our U.S. population continues to increase, that there still is going to be as much, if not the same level or a little bit more of demand, let's say, for equestrian trail use on public lands. But I, but yeah, but anecdotally, we know there seems to be fewer of us. We seem to be getting older and grayer and young, less younger people are taking up that kind of activity. But it's been fairly steady state in a lot of places, too. So what you, what you might be seeing in one place may not be true in others. And I, I do think, for example, in North Carolina on that Pista National Forest, the numbers are trending up, for example. That seems to be something okay. I heard from the Forest Service or one of their representatives. So we have to look at those kinds of things. But nonetheless, I think your point you know, being is that doesn't mean the agencies shouldn't continue to work with us, continue to preserve existing horse trails, and even create new horse trails and campgrounds where we can demonstrate there's a demand. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, I think we can do do that. So I'm not so much afraid about declining numbers that we lose clout in that manner. I'm just worried about complacency and other users being just larger in number that we get kind of drowned out if we don't mm-hmm. stand up and advocate so that that's kind of my role is like mm-hmm. let's just make mm-hmm. sure we're loud and clear and we're walking the talk by doing the work like i said well we're the ones saying that trail needs to be maintained we'll do it that horse camp needs to be upgraded uh you know we'll do it uh with your help that's that's just the whole reason we exist is to make
0: sure that,
8: that backsliding doesn't happen and we're fewer and fewer and don't no longer have a voice
0: okay All right interesting conversation and thoughts as we are talking today with Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horseman of America and uh, perhaps we need some old range cowboy to get out and help us with these trails. We're going to take a listen to a song by Rodeo and Juliet that's not Romeo that's Rodeo and Juliet but we'll be back in just a moment on Saddle Up America <laughs>
6: Under Heaven's Dome After a long day's ride We'll pitch our saddles round the old campfire And I'll watch the sparks climb higher and higher I'll tell you stories that used to be When wild was normal The cowboys still rode free Cause I'm an old range cowboy, remembering tracks I left behind. I'm still riding those trails I've ridden for a long, long time. And as the sunset fades, I see it all in my...
3: Rasmussen of Backcountry Horsemen of America. We always do on the first Thursday of the month. Oh, I can't believe this is the first Thursday of March. Right? Of, March. <laughs> of March. yes. So there was um, passed, uh, the 117th Congress passed um, this, I think, or is going to pass it. Talk to us a little bit about biking on long-distance trails.
8: Oh, you bet, Bobby. Yeah, the, the, the bill is yet to pass, but it has strong okay. bipartisan support in both the House and Senate, which is a rare thing these days. But a lot of these public lands bills do. do. But what you're talking about is, uh, and you'll ask, why are the horsemen talking about biking on long-distance trails? And, and the reason is this. Number one is BCHA wants to support the Biking on Long-Distance Trails Act, as long as they're not our favorite trails. Because, you know, horsemen have lots of iconic long-distance trails. You know, you think about the Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail, the Arizona Trail, or even, you know, in in Virginia, the the Glenwood Horse Trail, 60 miles, you know, uh, a trail built largely for our uses. So why shouldn't, you know, know hikers have their long-distance trails, the Appalachian and lots of these other ones. But bikers don't have a lot. And so why shouldn't they have long-distance trails designated, you know, by the federal agencies on federal land, mind you? And this bill calls for up to at least 10 long-distance trails of 80 miles or more that are designated in a way that will bring and attract a lot of bikers, both on trails and on roads. So it's not just mountain bikes, but it might be gravel bikes. It might be people doing distance things but non-motorized, you know, bicycle use. And why we're supporting it is because, again, people should have these long-distance trails for whatever their endeavor is. And we want to support the mountain bikers to have these things. And that also might mean there's less pressure to allow mountain bikes in wilderness, where they're currently not Mm. allowed. There might be less pressure to allow mountain bikes on the Pacific Crest or other trails that they're not allowed on, you know, haven't been historically. And we're getting those pressures from splinter groups and biking groups that want to be everywhere. They say we we should be able to go in wilderness. We should be able to be on, you know, some of these national scenic trails. Well, yes and no in some cases. But what if you have your own set of designated long-distance biking trails? Is that a good thing? And they mostly think yes. So let's support that. But like the caveat I mentioned is let's just make sure that they're not going to rebrand the Glenwood Horse Trail as a long-distance biking trail. because That won't help. Build it, or in this case, designate it, and they'll come, and we'll get more bikers and more and more and more, and our people will feel crowded. They won't feel safe because there's so many bikes whizzing by that it just becomes a safety issue. Uh, Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that the bill is is cognizant or wary, let's just say, recognizes and tries to find ways to avoid these conflicts with existing users. So what we can call a horse trail remains a horse trail. It is not then converted to be primarily a long distance mountain bike trail. That's that's the the catch. But otherwise it's a good concept that we want to support.
3: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I, I did not know anything about that. So I'm I'm reading about it online while we're chatting. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what a, what an interesting Yeah.
8: It's an interesting topic, and we want to insert ourselves into it, and we want to advocate in this case for great bill. We want to support, but don't run us over in the process. And so mm-hmm. we're—I'm actually working right now with both the Senate and the House of Representatives people that are in charge of these bills and that have, have you know introduced them. But it's not just me. Here's the beauty about advocacy and backcountry horsemen is in the Senate, the U.S. Senate we got the two main sponsors. They're from Wyoming and New Mexico. Well, we got our our New Mexico and Wyoming chapters to send a joint letter saying we need some language to protect horseback riding. And in the House, uh, the main uh, co-sponsor introduced the bill and the chairman of the subcommittee that's moving the bill is from Colorado. So I worked with the backcountry horsemen of Colorado to introduce testimony to say, hey, don't forget about the horsemen and protecting horse trails. And those things... Because they came from the districts or the states of those members of Congress, they took note. It's not me at the national level making, you know, flapping my arms and screaming. It's the, the power of the grassroots to advocate for protecting horse trails that have got us a place at the table to negotiate uh, the outcome of this bill. So it's really – that's the way it should work. It's grassroots, it's, mm-hmm. and that's the strength of, of, of BCHA and our chapters because we're, we're just about everywhere. And when they sound off, we can really advocate strongly when we're working with chapters in state and national BCHA in unison on an issue. It's it's really effective that
0: way. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Mm. So, Randy, are there any issues that are coming up that we need to be looking toward, both either positive or negative?
8: Well, I mean... <laughs> Uh, there is a 50th anniversary of Backcountry Horsemen of America coming up next
0: That's year. That's positive. Uh, That's positive. Yeah. we mm-hmm. it's a good
8: reason to celebrate. We were founded in the, in the Flathead Valley of Montana in 1973 by a group of packers who realized that the trails were growing in. The agency didn't have the resource to, to maintain trails, like places like the Bob Marshall Wilderness. And our folks stepped forward and formed a chapter called Backcountry Horsemen. And at the time they were limited to that part of Montana, but we've grown to thirty two states, two hundred chapters, and are a national advocacy organization for horseback riders. Uh, and mules. I've always got to mention mules too.
0: Well, that's uh, they're mules important too. for packing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
8: That um Or riding. Uh, I've got a lot know, of
0: friends that ride those mules. Yeah.
8: Oh, I did. Yeah, I've done that, too, in the three sisters wilderness with our friends where I was on one of the mules and they were sure footed. All right. You know, they're 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 right up there. So, um, you know, this so the anniversary is something we want to generate some excitement about next year that you can be around for half a, a century and be one of the first trail maintenance kind of organizations in existence, you know, in the U.S., let alone our longevity and track record of success. You know, so that's that's a big deal.
0: It is a big deal. Do you have any kind of a celebration that you're kind of working on?
8: We are, and we will probably do that, you know, next April in 2023, around and in concert with our national board meeting. But there's there's going to be a series of things that we'll share with you uh, about celebrating that anniversary and creating more visibility for BCHA and for trails, and importantly, our mission, our advocacy to keep trails open for everyone. That's that's really the
0: crux of it. So more to come on that. All right, that Bobby is something to look forward to.
3: Yes, and may, um, may, I didn't maybe. know that. I and I didn't know this, but you can help raise funds by just uh, dedicating through PayPal um, a dollar amount that you would like to contribute with each one of your purchases to Backcountry Horsemen that you're purchasing through PayPal. I just I just read about that, Randy. That's really cool.
8: Well, thanks for mentioning that, Bobby, too. And, and also with Amazon, we have an Amazon Smile specifically oh, that gives donations okay. to groups. We're listed there as well. Um, but there's lots of ways that people meet. We, we encourage everyone to be a member, whether you ride or not, whether you pack or not, or get down on the trails often. We still want people to be members and support the organization. So there's lots of information on our bcha.org website. Um, Including a donation page for folks who are just, you know, so motivated. But we really want people to be members, get our newsletter, become involved, and see what we do. Because if you care about horseback trails, especially on, you know, public lands, be they state or federal public lands, this is our bread and butter. Um, and you know, this is we're the only national group that's doing that and really advocating for that. So, but thanks for making that plug, Bobby, because we're trying to find different ways to raise revenue to increase our presence in our programs and our our impact, quite frankly, across the nation and be in those other states, because I just said 32 states, be in the other 18 where we're not currently
0: present.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: That would be a good thing. That would be a good thing. Well, this has been a very informative conversation today, and uh, and I'm kind of looking forward now to, well, I don't want to rush it, but kind of looking forward to 2023 right? so we can help celebrate 50 years for Backcountry Horseman America. That will be very cool. And uh, yeah, we may have to do a special show about, about April to help celebrate that. That would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. So Randy, any kind
5: of closing thoughts
0: today about trail
5: use well, Backcountry Horseman?
8: You know, just that the issue of electric mountain bikes is coming to every corner of this u.s you know at some point or another so we need to band together with allies and we need to find a sane rational way to say where electric mountain bikes should go can go and where they shouldn't go and that's an ongoing debate that we're trying to move the needle on to protect horseback riders and the horseback riding experience so you know, people need to be vigilant, and I'd say this one thing, get to know what an electric bike looks like because the ones on trails are not the ones that people commute with, you know, on streets. The ones on trails are like, in some cases, mini motorcycles, or they look a lot like mountain bikes. You just can't tell much of the difference other than they can go 20 to 28 miles per hour, um, hmm. So educate yourself about what an electric bike looks like. Go online, look up an electric mountain bike, and become familiar so you know to, when to report them when they're on a trail illegally. And you can say, no, I, I can tell an electric mountain bike from a regular one, and this is the one that ran me off the trail the other day. We need to start collecting information about incidents and problems because they're popping up everywhere. In lots of places, they're popping up illegally, and there's going to be tons more of electric bike sales coming down the pipe with some tax incentives that are shaping up that for better or for worse are getting people, you know, out of their cars, but that's e mountain bikes are a whole different breed and a whole different thing if you encounter them on a trail on
0: horseback. Wow. Wow. Well we may have to get more updates on that maybe next month as we as we roll into spring is right around the corner really funny. I went to Home Depot the other day, and they already had all of their bedding plants, and their plants were all outside. The grills were all outside. They were putting lawn furniture together. It's going to be grass-cutting season before long. (laughs) Spring is coming, but it's time to hit those trails. Time to hit those trails. Randy, thanks so much for being with us today. And uh, we look forward to I guess we'll be talking with Sherry next month. The executive director. That's right. That's right. Always That's look national forward. Chairman. National chairman. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, it's bcha.org. Become a member and support uh, keeping trails open for all of our horseback riders as well. So, Randy, thanks a lot.
8: Pleasure to join you and, and Bob. Thanks, Gary.
0: All right. Cowboy Swing, Lily Robert, will be back in a moment on Saddle Up America.
9: A rancher's work will never seem to end Bale the hay, then there's a fence to mend It sometimes seems to be all work, no play And though it's worth it, I have to say If you're ever feeling down and blue There's just one thing I'll recommend to you Swing on, cowboy Swing on till the cows come home, don't be so cool, you better rattle your spurs and make some noise. Swing on, cowboy. swing on till the cows come home, don't be so cool, you better rattle your spurs and make some noise. I once met a man who did not know how to swing, sad, sad thing, he did not know how to swing until... In mid-stride That on settled down And he swung throughout the night Swing on, cowboy Swing on till the cows come home Don't be so for You better rattle your spurs And make some noise When you start feeling down It seems you don't know how to smile Don't wait around To try and smile Down.
0: get me moving here <laughs> after a couple hours on the show. This is Lee Lee Roberts, Cowboy Swing. So it was really a lot of fun talking to RW and finding out more mm-hmm. about Peace River. And uh so you're headed to see it evening.
3: Yes, with a um a group of friends here in Albuquerque. We thank um, our friend Joy for recognizing that it was opening and finding the theater and kind of organizing us all for tonight and it'll it, we're really looking forward to it. Yes. Yes, What fun. It should
0: be a lot of fun. And it's and I've seen there are a lot of people that are going in groups to see this movie.
3: So Well, East on River
0: the movies, Yeah.
3: Yeah, on that website when you go to find out theaters, um it was it was like they were recommending you know that you go as in groups. Was just something that I saw on the website. We already, Joy had already set us all up with our group, so we were good to go.
0: <laughs> well, if I take my immediate family, I've got my own group. So it's like, here we go.
7: <laughs> That's oh, true. gosh. That's true.
0: And Randy Rasmussen was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm kind of going to be interested. To uh, see what this movie is that R W is starting this weekend, I think.
3: Yes, um, the, yeah, the contested Plains, That sounds like a really interesting um, storyline. And I think with the success of 1883, um, you know, I'm hopeful we'll see lots more um, lots lots more Western projects in the works. I think um, it's it's time. It's and it's always relevant. Somehow they always make them relevant to us today, which makes them so very very interesting. So yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Well, it was
0: um, it was interesting that you asked about the four sixes because Tyler Sheridan in an investment group, you know, mm-hmm. just bought the four sixes. I think just mm-hmm. over a year ago. And yeah, um, I think as, as R
3: W was talking about that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so they've got. He's got Yellowstone, he's got eighteen eighty three and I was reading the other day that he has uh, another one, I think it's, 1923. it's
3: be yeah, 20 nineteen twenty three. Yeah, 32. Yeah. It's another
0: <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Something. yeah and something then like and that. then one mm-hmm. more one more in addition to that. So uh, Mhm.
3: And Jim Jim read something the other day that sounded like even though he had always said 1883 would only be a 10-week 10, a 10 series, that maybe maybe he's actually considering extending that. But um, I haven't researched to see, well, where did Jim read that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just have to wait and see. But I, I wish yeah. it would all come together on one streaming service. I'd- Buying service from all these different guys, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, any kind of uh, news from Out West that you want to share with us?
3: Well, we just want to again offer our special discount with um, the word radio and um, use that when you shop at OutWestShop.com and save $10 off a purchase of $75 or more. And know that. We ship free, anything $98 or more um, here in the United States. So um, just go check us out.
0: All right, outwestshop.com, and uh, spring is coming. Time to get Mm -hmm. the new spring wardrobe, so a good place to shop for that. What about uh, Mary Kay just got back from her Girl Meets West deal. That was a huge success out in Utah. I think there's going to be one this fall in Tennessee, so I guess that will be Girl Meets East,
3: but uh, <laughs> I,
0: think that's, I think that's going to be a lot of or fun. Or East
3: Girl, East, East Girl Meets West.
0: <laughs> or West Girl Meets East, I don't know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, and
3: yeah.
0: And then, uh, then our rendezvous is coming up uh, September the 29th through October the 1st. That will be at the Circle E Guest Ranch and uh, kind of putting things together for that as well. And uh kind of excited about the new Tennessee chapter for the International Western mm-hmm. Association. So uh, we've got a lot of cool things that are getting lined up for that. And uh, at some very, very world-famous events that we'll be sharing a little bit later as well. So anyway, a lot of stuff, a lot of busy, busy stuff. Uh, Next week we've got Claudia Nygaard, who will be joining us. It's been a while since Claudia's been on the show, so we're looking forward to having Claudia join us. And then of course our good friend Mr. Robert the Trailmeister Ever Soul will be here. And uh, so we've just got a lot of a lot of cool stuff getting lined up for the rest of the month of March already. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So any kind of closing thoughts, Miss Buddy?
3: I have one from Brian Dyson. Don't give up when you still have something to give. Nothing is really over until the moment you stop doing.
0: I like that. I like that. I have a closing thought. You ready? Oh,
3: what is it? Yes.
0: Every day, thousands of innocent plants are killed by vegetarians. Help end the violence. (laughs) Eat bacon. (laughs) With that with that, we will celebrate Texas birthday yesterday with our good friend Tisha McKenna and her song Quarantine Quarantine Me in Texas. And Bobby Bell, we'll see you next week on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network.